up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, because I think they're pretty fun. So this episode is a first. I'm not sure if it's a new feature on Anchor or if I just figured it out, but I am now able to do some basic, rudimentary... (laughs) bare bones editing of messages that folks send me. <laughs> I'm sure the way I'm doing it is completely bass backwards and a hundred percent inefficient. And anyone who knew anything about audio editing editing would be like, dude, what in the hell are you doing? But I've done it. <laughs> I was able to chop up a couple messages so I could slot them in and they flow and it's nice, and you I'm sure you'll be able to tell where that happens because I'm like a caveman over here. I'm just like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> but anyway, this episode was so much fun to put, a, put together. We're going to talk more about character backstories. I've gotten a ton of awesome feedback about it, a slew of messages. Folks on Discord have been talking about it. My man Ray Otis said some just just really touching stuff about my hero protagonist episode on discord and ray is just he's just one of the coolest dudes everyone in the world should be listening to his podcast plundergrounds super smart guys uh i just ray i love the way your brain works man thank you for that because i think you're super cool dude anyway <laughs> without further ado let's get into these rad calls Hello, Joe. It's just Safer here. I just uh, thought I'd call in and give you some solidarity, mate, after your last podcast. I'm not OSO either. I'm just an old guy who woke up after 30 years of heavy drinking to find the world had changed. And I don't recognise many of the things that the OSO declare as their style of play is how I played back in the 80s. I think uh, after listening to Spencer's podcast on his six cultures of play, I've realised that I was probably what would be classed as a trad gamer who also incorporated elements of Nordic LARP into his games because I was fascinated with immersion and the idea of creating real believable worlds and I wanted my characters and NPCs to feel like real denizens of that world. So I was all for... Uh, backstories and I was writing backstories for my players characters in 1987 in my RuneQuest games uh, because I wanted that sense of not just being a, a token that had suddenly just spawned into the world with no idea or previous existence I wanted them to be real characters so I'm I'm with you all the way on that take care Joe all the best you're really smashing it with your podcasts yes sir dude safer man thank you 87 playing friggin' rune quests, man. That rules, dude. Holy crap. You got me beat on your 30 years of heavy drinking, but not by that much. <laughs> not by that much at all. <laughs> so cheers to you, man. Uh, you know, I don't do it much anymore. I play a hell of a lot more games than I was for quite a long time. So yeah, welcome back. Just like you know, we bounce back after a little while. What are you going to do, man? But, dude, Safer, like, I, I totally think like, your story and my story and, like, what we're talking about, I think that's a lot more common than is what's projected as how games were back then. I think, I don't know, man, maybe it was just my crew and also your crew and then some other people's crew, but, like, people were invested in character backstories. Like, it mattered. Oh, man. 
Yeah. 87. What was, was I playing in 87? No, I, I was not playing yet. I was not playing yet. I had just moved to Southern California. I'd been there a year at that point. I was in second grade. Gaming was soon though. It was on the horizon. It was on the horizon for sure, man. Cheers to you, Safer. Thank you so much for the solidarity. I need it. Cause not every not everybody agrees. So let's let's talk to some of those folks now. Thanks again, man. Hey Joe, it's BJ. Uh, the the bad habit is spreading. I haven't listened to the entire episode. I've just listened to your first initial response to Daniel's call. So there may be more calls coming, or it may just be this one response. Um, anyway, the uh, you're talking about character death and backstories and things like that. And I think backstory kind of it's kind of like anything else with character creation. Um, it kind of depends on the invest. This is this is kind of my feeling, and it's not just my feeling. I mean, I feel this way, but I've observed this with a lot of other people who play. Not everybody, but 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 enough people that the more energy you put into creating a character, whether that's the 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 task of sitting down with a character sheet and filling it out, um, or whether that's the creation of a backstory, the more likely you're going to be frustrated when that character dies, p- particularly. <laughs> right out of the gate um you know if a character's had a long satisfying uh career in the game which for some people may just be even a few sessions that's one thing but but when you've spent you know a long time crafting a character which may include writing a detailed backstory and then that just you know just right out of (laughs) right off the bat they die that's a little frustrating versus when you think well why did i spend all that time Why, why didn't i just wait and see if the character survives before I start flashing, fleshing out too much detail. So I think there's that. Um, there's also, you know, when you're creating the mechanics of your character, you, the, you get a character sheet that tells you what you need to, what you need to fill out and what you just need to not worry about in terms of stats, equipment. But if the game master doesn't give you some pretty explicit guidance on how to do a backstory, you will get, you know, say you've got five, you know, four or five players. You may get one player that gives you a bullet list of like three or four things to know about that character. Um, and then you'll get somebody who hands in a novella. <laughs> so it's, I don't want to, I don't think you want to discourage characters from, from creating a backstory that's interesting and that you can use for plot hooks. But some people need help keeping it keeping it in the parameters <laughs> before you know it you now now as a dm you're looking at having to create a brand new kingdom on the map somewhere that you hadn't envisioned with a a system of government that you hadn't really thought would would exist in your campaign world and because this person is a political refugee and da 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 da, da. yes as with all things in RPGs and pretty much with life, there should absolutely be communication, two-way communication going back and forth, 100%. I am curious to know from not just you, BJ, but everyone who's on this episode, because it gets brought up a lot, what's the longest backstory y'all have ever gotten, like in real life? Because I don't think I've ever gotten... 
more than a page and I don't even think I've got that. So I am very curious, but remember I did take a super long hiatus. I didn't really play in the two thousands. So is that when that trend started? I don't know. I'm very curious to know, but yeah, that's a different thing. (laughs) And then one of the things you talked about BJ was about all of a sudden there having to be a new kingdom in your campaign and like a new political system and stuff. Personally, I think that's awesome. (laughs) Like that's fantastic. I don't, that's a whole fresh area. That's also will be exciting for me to discover and not just the players, right? Like now there's this whole new area of the world that I didn't even have to think of that I get to now play with and do whatever I want with now that it's boom, there's this kingdom in there. Yep. Awesome. First session, the king gets murdered by an evil wizard. And now it's like an undead fucking menace. (laughs) Like, right? Like you could do crazy shit. Oh, so like that stuff doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me at all. Now, if there's something that they're going to put in the backstory, that's going to screw over other characters or mess with the other players or anything. Yeah, that's not cool. But if if a player is just adding stuff to my world, perfect. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I I love that stuff. One of my one of my home players uh, in the Wheeler Woe campaign in the first session she ever played in, uh, <laughs> she asked something about wanting to talk to a wizard. And I was like, oh, no, there are no wizards in this world. And she's like, well, no, but there's this one kid and he thinks he's a wizard. <laughs> and Like, that's the kind of. And so, yeah, boom. Now there is this NPC in the world that thinks he's a wizard, even though magic is banned and outlawed. And what what are what are those implications now? What are we going to do with that? We got to do something with that now. That's the kind of shit. I That's the emergent type of play that I love. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> sorry, that was a tangent. But yeah, absolutely, BJ. Yes. Talk to your talk to your dungeon masters when you're creating a backstory because creating a backstory is fun. But make sure you don't do anything to piss anybody off in your backstory. <laughs> All right. Uh, who's next? Carl's next. Oh, yeah. You don't even have to worry about it ruining any sort of exploration either because the character or the player rather is not going to know what sort of stuff you're planning. So whatever wacky weird shit that the player comes up with, you still have everything that you're planning that they don't know about. So like it's not taking anything away from what you have planned. It's just adding new stuff to the mix and that's fun stuff. All right, now it's Carl's turn. (laughs) And I guess, I guess as as an aside, what do I think of big backstories? I am not against them, but the player has to compromise sometimes if their giant backstory and all these historical things that happen, or if their character is a long lost son of some sort of noble, I'm probably not going to go for that because it doesn't fit maybe with what I have in mind and there should be a discussion and compromise. That's why I kind of prefer you know, like a in-game life path. 
because an in-game life path inherent in its design is that it fits and is in sync with the world that you are playing in, presumably. I guess it's a little different for a homebrew, but if I'm running a game in, say, the Forgotten Realms, and I have a conception of how my Forgotten Realms is based not solidly on canon, but heavily on it, and someone comes up with something that I know would not happen in the realms, well, we would have to talk about it. Um, I do prefer emergent play, and hey, let's figure that out. Or during play, if I ask the player questions, if it comes out, that could work a little better. Right? I think so. And I don't mind if something is more generic. You give me a backstory that is stereotypical or not so vested in a pseudo-history could work. Yeah, dude, absolutely. A generic backstory can be totally fine. And that can all get fleshed out, you know, as as we play. All I'm saying is that a backstory adds to the potential of a game and does not take away from the potential of the game. Because us as the game masters can incorporate it or not incorporate it. Like, you know, your example, if they say they're like a scion of a noble family or something. Okay, cool. That's awesome. That may never come up in the session or in the game. We might not ever go down that road. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But yeah, that's what I mean. You know, it's 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 an additive process, I think, not a subtractive process. So it's fun. And yeah, same with like I said to BJ, what's the what's the longest backstory you've ever gotten? <laughs> I'm very curious. Um because I just, yeah, man, I, it's just so alien to me as a player. And and I've written some pretty intricate backstories, but they're maybe like the most is five or six paragraphs. I just, I want to hear more stories of just players with these crazy backstories that like totally messed everything up. God damn, it's raining pretty hard now. <laughs> Can't rain all the time. Anyway, Carl, thanks, dude. Um, yeah, who's next? I think it's Jason. All right, Jason, what's up? Okay, man, I'm listening to your podcast, Daniel, and I figured it's okay to stop in the middle and call you because it's an episode Daniel's on. You're talking about how the problem with emergent play is sometimes people don't think of cool things and cool backstories as they go, and, and they the stories are better percolating for the back history. And the other it, the other things you talk about, like it gives the GM hooks and all that kind of stuff, I agree with you 100%. And I'm not disagreeing with you here. I don't have a problem with backstories per se, I guess. But it's funny because this touched a nerve. One of the issues I have, and this is me personally, I don't – I like session zeros. I think they have a place. But one of the problems I have is in session zero when it's name your character, come up with your backstory – I, I feel pressured because sometimes I need longer than that. I almost need the session zero to talk about stuff, and then I need like a week to come up with my character's stuff on my own. And then I can bring that back and talk it over the GM and sort it out and then bring it to the game. But I feel if I'm stuck making a backstory in a compressed amount of time during a session zero, I feel the same way you're talking about the issue with emergent backstories. And I'm not saying your your argument is invalid, I'm, and I'm not – I'm actually talking about something else. 
but it, it brought it up in my mind. I figured I'd call and interrupt the show. That's a really cool idea, dude. I like that. Yeah, you have session zero, talk about the world and everything, then make your backstory and stuff. That's cool. Um, I don't really do character creation for session zero. I, I think of session zero as like going over the rules, if there's any house rules, that kind of stuff. Maybe talk a little bit about character creation. Um, but then, yeah. Usually, like when I'm playing a game, I know I have a rough idea of what the game is going to be before I play it. If I don't know exactly, like I'll at least know like the system and genre and stuff. And so I will have some idea of a name and everything. So I'm not completely caught off guard, but absolutely, dude. Like, yeah, have time to think about it. That's 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 why that's what I'm talking about. I <laughs> I hear you, man. Uh, you got more to say. So let's hear it. But a lot of these games, like 13 Age, where it adds narrative elements, it's like it's adding mechanical bits in there that to take the place of narrative bits for people that can't do the narrative bits. But it feels limiting and oppressive to me having to come up with all this stuff for my character as opposed to just playing the character. There, I'm all for narrative things and come up and and coming up with things and the rule of cool. But I'd much rather do it that way than have all these weird mechanical things in there to try to force narrative. So the more I'm playing these non-traditional games, some of them, not all of them, some of them work really well, but some of them, it feels like they're trying too hard and, and it breaks it down for me. I'd rather have just a really simple set of rules and, and riff and, and do, do our own thing as far as the narrative bits. And I think it's just as cool as having weird mechanics that force you to narrative bits. I know that's not what you're talking about, but that's what just came to my mind. I'll talk about this in some reviews I'm going to do in the next episode of my show. But which also is going to feature Daniel very heavily because it's the calls are all Daniel all the time. But I, I, I will say as far as what you're saying for backstory, at least so far in your episode, I'm with you. I, I don't see a negative to it. And if a certain player is like, hey, I'm not sure. I want to see what develops. Definitely, dude. I, I would let them do that. So I agree with you. There's no reason to eliminate the option. There's no reason to tell players, don't come to my table with a backstory. If a player doesn't want to come with a backstory, I'm open to that. But if a player does want to come with a backstory, that's cool too. We're making our cyberpunk characters for this campaign we're going to run next month. And your guys' backstories are going to be essential to the game I'm putting together. To the plot, well, it's not a full plot, but the seed I'm putting together. And then it'll develop depending on what you do. But without your backstories, I, you know, I'd, I'd be making stuff up. Where with your backstories, I have cool things to draw on. So the bottom line is, I don't think everybody has to make a backstory, especially if they're not comfortable with it. But if somebody wants to make backstory, awesome. As long as they understand, I, the DM, might not use every piece of their backstory, or I might say, well, you know, as long as they're okay knowing that they don't get to script the reality of the world, but I'm probably going to use stuff out of the backstory because it makes my life easier as a DM. So as long as there's that understanding that, you know, I may or may not use certain parts of it, bring it on. I'm all for it. Okay, let me listen to the rest of your episode to see if I have anything contentious. See, y'all thought that Jason was going to argue with me, but he comes around in the end. <laughs> Jason realizes it's an additive process. And yeah, man, that, you know, like Carl talked about in his messages, that life path mechanic that cyberpunk has 
is awesome. That's the only, I know other games do stuff like that, but Cyberpunk 2020 is the only game that I've played that has that. And I, I think it's super, super fun. I also really like the, the backstory mechanics in the powered by the apocalypse games I've played apocalypse world and monster hearts. Uh, there's also, I haven't run it yet, but I've read it. The cyberpunk version of powered by the apocalypse called the sprawl. Maybe I'll have to reread that and play it uh, and run it for the Thursday game. Huh? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, yeah, like those mechanics are cool. Other than that, I haven't played too many games that have like the the forced backstory mechanics. I don't know how I I'd, so I don't know how I would feel about that. I, I, I might not like it like I might, you know want to rebel against the system <laughs> that that is a part of my nature but i also might get into it so yeah i don't know 13th age i've never played it or read it or anything but yeah man one of these days we'll have to see but you have more stuff to say more stuff to agree with me about so let's hear it dude okay joe i finished the podcast i'm with you dude uh, especially with rolling in front of the players, a hundred percent for you on that. I, yeah, I, I cannot imagine fudging dice rolls anymore. I really can't. I, I think that defeats the purpose of role playing games and the way they they work. I, I think there's a place for games where you might fudge the dice, but it's not the same as most role playing games. I think it's a different kind of game, and you have to decide that up front. And if you're going to fudge results, that's something you're doing with everybody's knowledge and approval. So it's a different kind of game. It's something different. But as far as regular RPG, I'm with you 100%. As far as the settings and the backgrounds, yeah, again, I don't have any issue. As long as the players aren't, well, either you've given them permission to craft and make world edits or, you you know, that's the only thing. Is when players are like, I'm the only half-elf and you're planning on communities of half-elves and that could be an issue, right? You, you know, so I don't know if I'm down with players doing backstories that are super huge changes of the world. Unless, of course, you're open to that and, and everybody's agreed to that up front. That's totally cool. But as long as they're not doing, you know, everybody's the the long lost child of the king or something, it, it's not a big deal. And I'm with you. Backstories give you options. They don't take them away because you don't have to use them. It, that that's the key. The players understand that you don't have to use their backstory. As long as everybody's good on that, then it's on, brother. It's all good. Okay, I'm going to let you go. I've, I've wasted enough of your time. I've left you, what, like seven messages <laughs> on this. So sorry about that. Talk to you later. I think it would absolutely be hilarious if every player came to a game and all their characters thought they were the long-lost child of the king. <laughs> Think of what that would do to the campaign. That would be so much fun. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I was saying to BJ. Like, yeah, you absolutely have to be open to it. I, I understand that it's not for everybody, but that's the kind of stuff that I just love where I was like, oh, dude, really? You're all, you all think you're the long lost heir to the king? Awesome. <laughs> Let's get it on. Let's see. Is one of you really? Are all of you? Are none of you? Let's let's find out. Let's play to find out. That's one of those powered by the apocalypse uh, GM like mantras. I forget what they're called. Uh, principles, something like that. 
you play to find out you have questions going in and you play to find out. And I, I, I love that. I love having questions as the game master about the game. You know, this it's that surprise. Oh crap. You added this to my world. I, I didn't see that coming. I did not see a world. Yeah. Kingdom where there are like slime ranchers, um, a super awesome RPG idea, uh, given out freely to the world by Demonac, man. Slime farmers, you know, like green slimes, black oozes. It check it check out the YouTube video, Slime Ranchers, Demonac.com. It's hilarious. It's a brilliant, brilliant RPG idea. Anyway, but any like, yeah, you again, the dungeon master absolutely has to be open to that to that kind of shared collaborative exploration of a shared world for sure. But if you are into it, it's, I don't know. I think it's super duper duper fun. <laughs> anyway, Jason, thank you for all the calls, man. That rules. Uh, who's, who do we have next? I don't even know. There's so many. It's awesome. Hey Joe, Daniel Pennis keep awesome episode. Uh, thank you for answering my questions. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I think that we do a lot of things the same. I rule in front of people, etc. I think you are correct. That builds tension. Yeah. I, I think the difference and maybe it's because the way I phrased it is I, I don't like backstories, but a background is necessary. So a background might be like, I'm from this city. My, my family were merchants, right? That's a background. A backstory would be like, I'm from the city. Here's the list of the five different family members I have. My These are the, the records of the mercantile business. Here's what we ship. Here's our customers. Here's what we did here. Oh, on my fifth birthday, my grandmother gave me this ring. That I don't need. I'm never going to use that. And actually, I don't mind if a player just randomly adds that to the story as we're going. I don't need to know that stuff. So to me, that's what I mean when I say I don't want elaborate backstories. I want them to have a background. I want them to feel like real characters. I just don't want them to be full of all kinds of stuff they've already Hey, it was Daniel. Nice. What's up, Daniel, dude? The man who spurred this whole episode. Thank you for calling in. Uh, I I totally agree with you, Daniel. I think you and I are far more similar about our gaming stuff than we are different. Um, yeah, I, I do not think we are talking past one another. <laughs> we might have differing opinions, but that's okay. We understand what one another are saying, and that rules, man. So I fully get that you do not want uh, that type of backstory. You d you don't want a player to come to you and say, I have five brothers and our family runs a shipping industry. I get that you don't want that. And that's cool. That's your prerogative. That rules. My question, which is just a question. You don't owe me any sort of explanation or anything. But this is a question not just to Daniel, but to... Everyone who says character backstories are cool, but I don't want the players to change the world too much. I guess my question would be, why not? <laughs> you know, I, I actually, in the Wheeler Woe campaign, the character of Sabuks the Sorcerer was the seventh son of a seventh son. So he had a bunch of brothers and uncles. And that led to some awesome completely unexpected adventures and role-playing moments and it contributed to the world 
overall in a super meaningful way. And so when a player adds in that kind of backstory and you work it into the game, that makes the game more engaging and interesting for that player. And then if all the players do it, that makes the world and the game more interesting and engaging for all of the players. And also on top of that, in addition, as I've said before, it makes the game more interesting for you as the dungeon master. Cause now these are parts of your world that you haven't thought of before. This is a whole new territory that you can or cannot engage with. You can either engage with it or choose not to engage with it. So yeah, again, it, it, it it's a personal preference thing. And I get the idea that you don't want it, but I don't understand why. Is it like a you don't want the player's chocolate mixing with your peanut butter type thing? Is it is it like a I'm the DM and they're just the players, so I get to make the whole world kind of thing? Like I don't I don't get it. But again, I don't need to get it. <laughs> these are these are your opinions and they're perfect. I am very, very excited, Daniel, to play some cyberpunk with you, man. I can't wait to see your exotic dancer out there on the streets. So that's going to be dope. And speaking of cyberpunk, up next we got Arlen Walker, who's also going to be in that cyberpunk game. So Arlen, take it away, dude. Yo, Joe, it's Arlen. I'm calling in about 255 hero protagonists and some of the comments on there. I haven't finished the episode, so I will. Um, I, I'm very, very early on in, so I'll call in more over the course of listening to the episode. But I wanted to say Daniel said that he prefers more of like a Game of Thrones style without plot armor. And I've got to say that there are a bunch of characters in that series that have plot armor. Not always the sort of protagonisty characters, but and there's some characters who have like whatever the reverse of plot armor is, where they just sort of get shit on regularly for no reason. I feel like when it makes sense that they would be good at their stuff, the the stuff that they're trying to do. Um, anyway, point being that that basically Game of Thrones, I feel like, is not a great example for no plot armor. <laughs> thank you arlen for pointing out yet another thing that game of thrones is terrible about <laughs> i love the idea of reverse plot armor dude that's awesome yeah god damn oh man it bums me out that so many people think that's fantasy but think it's good fantasy Ugh. Ugh. But yeah, man, I've made my opinions on Game of Thrones abundantly clear on this show, so I sort of skipped over Daniel's comments about it. But thank you for bringing it back up, so it gives me a chance to rant about it. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think Daniel was saying that, you know, I was into plot armor or anything. I think he was just making it clear that he does not enjoy plot armor. And yeah, I'm right there with him on that. You know, plot armor is for the birds. I don't do it because, <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't doesn't work with my style of gaming. Um, if they die, they die. You can't really have plot armor when you're rolling in front of the characters either. 
So, or in front of the players. So that sort of eliminates the whole idea of plot armor right off the bat. <laughs> anyway, but you got some more to say, Arlen. So take it away. Hey, Joe, Arlen again. I am totally with you on backstories. I mean, I don't want to read like 20 pages of backstory, especially because backstory, the, the writing is often not not great because they're not professional writers. You know, most players aren't professional writers, which is fine. But like 20 pages of bad, right, badly written backstory is a slog. But like a page or two of backstory that like fits in with the world. So no, like, yeah, our first level of characters, let me tell you how I, um, you know, slew the dragon with this sword and it's, you know, all that sort of stuff or things like that. All the sort of cliches about kind of main character syndrome in backstories, uh, I think, are somewhat true in in certain cases, especially with players that don't really understand how the game works. But I think they're very over-exaggerated in certain, especially OSR circles. And I think that's a little silly because I would much prefer, you know, like you said, a character who feels like they belong in a world that has existed before the character started adventuring, right? The idea being that, like, you know, the, this this is a person who was born and who comes from somewhere and who had a life before they decided to be an adventurer and all that sort of stuff. That, to me, makes a lot more sense than the... Um, you know, oh, yep, I killed another one, so I'm going to roll 3d6 down the line, and it's, you know, the fighter Gork 5, who's the fifth fighter that I've been playing today, who's, you know, just another rando and all that sort of, that doesn't seem very interesting to me, narrative-wise. Um, I know there, and that's a, that's a huge exaggeration of the way that a lot of people play. Although I do think some people, you know, especially as kids really did, you know, you kill a character and so you just write junior or the third, you know, you write junior or the third on the character sheet and say, oh, it's a new character now. It's, you know, their son. And it's like, well, that's not really a new character and that doesn't make a lot of sense, but what you if what you want to do is just play the same stats and the same class and all that sort of stuff without kind of doing anything different, I guess that's fine, but it, it kind of strains credibility of the world. So anyway, I'm much more interested in the idea of like, you know, um, if you want to play someone's son, it seems like that's actually kind of like a cool concept, right? Maybe like their adventuring party brings back like their, you know, their fourth or fifth level characters and the adventuring party brings back their magic sword to their widow and says like, he didn't make it. And the son, she, you know, gives the sword to the son and he, you know, trains with this sword all his life. And so he's already got like a great connection to the world when that character starts. And that's really cool. That is super cool. In my like ideal situation as a player, I would love to play in a long-running campaign, very intricate, very character-driven, interweaving all the characters' backstories, play that for a year, two years maybe, and then have time pass and play the descendants of those characters, you know, play the son of the character you just played or the daughter of the character you just played. That would be cool. I would love to do that sometime. That involves a really badass dungeon master, 
super awesome dedicated players and a mountain of time so have fun <laughs> with that myself but absolutely arland I, I i do i ask you what i asked everybody else so far this episode have you ever gotten a 20 page backstory <laughs> let me know what's what's the craziest backstory longest backstory you've ever gotten because i agree with you when you say those stories are exaggerated and i'm just yeah i'm running i'm running scientific research now i'm gathering data and data and datum I don't know how those words work, <laughs> but for sure, man. And again, like like we've all sort of talked about throughout this whole episode, communication is the key, right? You communicate with your dungeon master. If you're a player, if you're a dungeon master, you communicate with the players. You That way, you can weave together a richer tapestry right like where everybody's contributing and then the game starts and the stuff that the dungeon master contributes can surprise the players and they can explore that stuff and the stuff that the players contributed can surprise the dungeon master and they can explore that stuff and so there's something for everybody and it rules (laughs) but again it all comes down to what you're comfortable with what you like, what your play style is, all that stuff. I'm not saying my way is better. I'm not. It's just my way. It's the way I enjoy. So, yeah. Thank everybody for all the calls. This was a lot of fun to put together. I had a blast. Uh, Yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. And until next time, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your weekend. I hope the weather's lovely for you. It's pouring rain here. Well, no, it just stopped pouring rain. Uh, so it's all fresh and kind of a little damp outside. It's dope. Fall's pretty much here. Autumn. Autumn for those other folks who don't say fall. But, yeah, I can't wait. Summer. Boo. Autumn. Woo. <laughs> Peace out. Y'all want to hear what woke me up this morning? These crows were pissed. I think uh, that there might have been some bullshit-ass eagle flying around trying to mess with them, but you don't mess with a murder of crows. Not an eagle. Get out of here, eagle. Uh, Check this shit out, man. What are you guys so mad about? What's going on? It's all right. What's happening? They cutting down your tree or something? You guys are all mad.